Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Welcome to Well You, the first one of the new year, 2022. Uh, we've been spending quite a bit of time looking over topics for this year and trying to figure out what those are going to be. Well, you is once a month, and we typically do that on the fourth Sunday of the month. And um, we're not sure yet what February's topic is, but I can let you know what March topic is, which is living a life of worship. And Peter Webb will be here to uh, to do that evening. So put that on your calendar. And I'm certain that February will be good, too. We just haven't quite landed on what that topic's going to be. Um, so welcome, welcome. Make yourself at home. You're, uh, this is classroom setting, so uh, we'll treat it as such. There's some paper, blank paper, if you want that. I do, I do not have a handout, but Jean can pass around the paper and the pens if you need them. <laughs> I'm kind of like Jean. I'm still... Um, Reeling from morning service today, and uh, <laughs> it was, was awesome. Very special. It's very special. And um, so tonight we're going to talk about healing. Don't we all need healing in one way or the other? What? What? Oh, prodigals. Restoration, refiners, fire, refining us. We go through the trial so he can refine us. Something like that. A prophet came along and delivered a prophetic word, and you know we just do what we do. Let it all, let it all come in. Jesus was here this morning. He was in the house. So you can't, <laughs> right? If he's not at church, we in trouble. <laughs> right. He came in a special way this morning. Uh, so, so wonderful. Okay, so when I, when I say healing, what do you all think about? Just throw out some things that come to your mind when I say healing. Whole, even greater works. What else? Restoration, emotional healing, what? miracles, signs and wonders. What else? Anything? The blood. Yep. I almost sang, but it didn't. <laughs> Aren't y'all glad? So, um, there is a commission as followers of Christ. There's a commission on our life to heal, um, to function in the gift of healing, to uh, be healed. And uh, so, I'd like to first just start out with a few scriptures. And um, first, we want to talk about Jesus because, you know, He's the man. 
And so healing the sick was an important part of Jesus' ministry, was it not? It was always a part of his ministry. It was one of the ways that he reached people. And he went around doing good and healing the sick. So in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Now Jesus went about to Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So there are a few things that he did. He, he taught. He taught the word of God. You know, um, he was the fivefold ministry, right? He encompassed all five parts of the fivefold ministry. He was apostolic and prophetic. He was a teacher and an evangelist and a pastoral. A perfect representation of those things. So he preached the gospel of the kingdom, which is what we should be doing, right? We should be preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That should be what we do. Our life should be a reflection of his. So um, we'll get to that in a few minutes about the Great Commission. He healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So that's emotional healing, that's deliverance, that's healing. And oftentimes in Scripture, those two things are actually linked together, deliverance and healing. There are many times where those are the same because deliverance causes healing to take place. So those two, uh, two things go uh, close hand in hand. And all kinds of diseases among the people. So Jesus then turned around and made an assignment for the 12 that they were also to heal. And so in Matthew chapter 10, this is a paraphrase, verses 1, 5, 7, and 8. It says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Doesn't that sound familiar out of Matthew 4? <laughs> what did he do? He healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which is exactly what he did. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, Freely you have received and freely you give. It didn't cost us anything, did it? He gave freely, and so we give freely, right? After he did the 12, he also talked to the 70. And this is what he said to the 70. He said, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and set them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, and heal the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It's so important that we share the kingdom of God too and that our lives reflect the kingdom of God, that our lives emulate that because that's part of what we're supposed to, to share. That is part of the gospel and of who Jesus is. And then, of course, healing is part of the Great Commission that's assigned now to all believers. And in Mark 16, 15 through 18, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. 
In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it, it by no means will hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's right. <laughs> That's the Great Commission. That's what he's asked all of us to do. That's part of the mandate on all of our lives is to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to cast out demons and to heal the sick and, um, you know, to declare that, that when we lay hands on people that they shall recover. And, you know, in part of healing, just in like the practicality of it, there we know that we talk a lot about the fact that our words have creative nature and so we can make a declaration of healing and because of the authority that we pray in Jesus' name and the declaration that we make, then things change and they shift and we can move things with our words. But it's very, very clear also that for healing that we lay hands on the sick and that they shall be healed or that we can declare healing. So that's very important as well, that it's not just about um, believing for healing, but there's often an action in the Old Testament, when they would heal, there was usually an action that was attached to that healing. And so, as we, uh, as New Testament believers, um, healing is not just for other people, but it's also for us individually, emotionally and physically. And, and like we said last week at service, a lot of times healing in our own lives is actually linked to our emotional healing. Physical healing can oftentimes be linked to um, our emotional healing. Because we know even science actually supports the fact that if you are extremely stressed, that it will cause negative effects on your body, ulcers and different types of illnesses and sicknesses, that that will happen as a result of stress. So if we can't just believe the word of God on it, then we also have science that backs up those same situations. Um, and honestly, uh, you know, emotional, when we hold on to emotions and, and things like that, they really can manifest themselves inside of our body in a physical way. But we know that God is a healer, and he desires for us to be whole and complete. And that healing is, uh, is for us to receive, right? And so I think us learning how to walk in the authority that God has given us and to also understand the word of the Lord and to understand the authority that, that we walk in and that he commanded that we do it. So it's part of our kingdom nature, our kingdom um, inheritance. We have access to that. Also, I just can't help but think about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, you have um, the, the, the gifts of faith. And inside of those gifts of faith, three of the nine of them are faith, miracles, and healings. So right there, the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. And so as we have activated the Holy Spirit in our life, then we can also have moments of increased faith, uh, anointing for increased healing, or anointings for increased miracles. Have you ever experienced any of that? Where you can feel a special anointing for 
or a, even like an increase in your faith, like, man, I got the faith to believe for this. Have you had one of those moments where it's like a supernatural faith to believe for something? And uh, the same with miracles and the same with healings. There are just those moments. Then there, do you have, and this is interesting because oftentimes we'll, you know, we have stories and examples where Jesus, you know, came into the home and he wanted to heal um, the young child. And there was, uh, it appears that there was unfaith in the room. And so he told him to get out, right? He's like, get out of here, you know? Um, but God can actually choose to heal someone that has no faith as a sign, right? Yeah, right. He is sovereign. And we forget what sovereignty really looks like because we have this um, expectation that somehow if he doesn't do it our way, that then it's still not done, right? So there are many parts and many pieces. And, you know, to, today we talked about the fact that sometimes we have to walk through trials, we have to walk through difficult situations and difficult seasons because God's plan to use that is greater. His glory will be greater manifested through the trial than it will be if we don't experience the trial. And sometimes that's not, that's not a fun part of who he is, right? Because we would just much rather him just do it, right? Just do it. And does he desire for us to be healed? Well, he absolutely does, right? Because in, um, let me show you, let me read these passages of scripture about Jesus. And so in Isaiah 53, this is the prophecy of Jesus to come. Surely he took up our infirmities, that means literally sicknesses, and carried our sorrows our pains, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. And so, aren't we thankful for the fact that, in absolute, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, he, he, um, that his wounds were for our healing. That we are su supposed to live in healing. We have access to healing. Just how that comes about sometimes doesn't always look like the way that we think that it should look. Does that make him less God? It doesn't. It doesn't make him less God. Do we like it when it happens? Do we like it when it happened the night at Praise and Presence? Right? We like that a whole lot. Man, that builds our faith so fast. We're like... All right, we're taking this to the streets, you know. But then there are, there are other times that the healing doesn't quite come the way we anticipate it coming. It comes through the process or it comes through the trial. And we all have stories of that, right, of it not coming the way that we thought it should. Does that mean that he's not intended for us to be healed? He absolutely intends for us to be healed and whole. He absolutely does. But I think sometimes our perspective is a little off, according to Scripture. Um, because what can be gained through the process may be greater. It's the refining. It's the refining process can be greater. And the testimony is greater. Does anybody have a testimony they want to share right now? Karen? Are you going to have to 
it's being recorded. I think testimony. I'm like, um, on Tuesday, they prayed for my healing and prayed for family healing. And God is so good because I barely have any pain in my back. The sickness did try to come back on me in another way, but I'm taking my vitamins. But we had a family dinner that healed a lot of wounds in one meal. And Katie brought up, she said, because I said, when me and Leah were tight, I said, we would always pray for the men to rise up and lead our home. And my husband led the dinner and Billy cooked the dinner. And so the men are starting to rise up and lead our home. So I say that is a miracle. Praise God. I know. Isn't that wonderful? Does anybody else have one burning on their heart right this minute that you feel like you want to share? Because we will pray in a little while, and we are going to pray for healing, right? That's, we want healing, right? But the, the testimony stirs up our faith, and it stirs up the atmosphere, and it increases our faith to believe, right? When I first came, I was going through a fiery trial with burning it was like uh, a fiery trial, something I'd never faced before. Was It was overwhelming, overwhelming. And um, when I came, and um, I had it on my arms and my face and my chest, and it seemed to be um, <clears throat> going other places. And uh, it was terrifying, but... I stood on the word, and um, Pastor Becky prayed. I mean, and it was like oozing, and it was pretty nasty looking, and she just laid her hands, slapped her hands right on it, and uh, <laughs> and she just uh, prayed the prayer of faith. And so whatever she said, I kept saying it throughout the days, and it took, a, I don't know, maybe it was a month. It didn't manifest right away, but um, it manifested, and it was so powerful, and it strengthened my faith so much that the trial that I'm going through with my knees, which is pretty severe, I keep looking at my skin, and I remember looking at it when it was all puffy and oozy and awful and terrifying. <laughs> I couldn't even look in the mirror. It was like, don't even look. Oh, and so I didn't want to look at the circumstances. So that healing has strengthened my faith for endurance for what I'm facing now. So I thank God, and I thank God for this church that had prayer of faith. <laughs> You got something to say, Daryl? <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> no. Uh, so, so I think that those are really, we love instantaneous healings. We love it when it happens like that. It happened in my foot one time. Um, it was, I was at this conference, and um, this is my story to tell, so I'm just going to tell it like it just happened. Um, but um, 
I, they, they had, there was an anointing there for healing. I had a friend who really, really suffered with migraines. I mean, really bad, suffered with migraines. They were just awful. And I remember looking at her when, when they um, had a prayer, you know, prayer for healing. I was like, you're not going to go. Like, why are you not going up there? And um, I, had, I, have, I have lovely feet. They're wonderful. They give me absolutely no issues at all. <clears throat> And uh, speak things that are not as though they were. They're much better now, praise the Lord. But at the time, my feet were really, really bothering me. Like, um, so, um, I don't even know, what's it really called? Bunions. I call them nuggets. I don't really call them by their, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I didn't, can't even remember what they were called. <laughs> yeah. Because bunions sound really old, and I'm not old, and I really wasn't old then. So... <laughs> So nuggets don't sound better. So anyway, anyway, um, just love me. Just love me, people. Just love me. That's all you have to do. And uh, so <laughs> thanks, baby. It was so bad. I love to worship. I mean, I love to worship. And it really hindered my worship. My feet hurt so bad. I couldn't bend my toes down all the way. I couldn't worship the way I wanted to worship. It was just they, um, two of my toes were crossing over. It was ugly. wasn't pretty, you know. It was gnarly looking. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> so, but in that moment when I looked at her and I said, why are you not going up there for healing? I heard God say, and why are you not going up there for healing? I don't know. Does he talk to y'all like that? Because he like, he doesn't hold nothing back when he talks to me. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> and so I did. I went up for healing. And God healed me instantaneously. I could take my sock off, but some of y'all people free. I already know there's some weird people in here about feet, so I'm not whipping them out or nothing. But, but I can bend them. I cannot. And that's been probably 12 years ago, 12 or 15 years ago. Happened instantly. Happened instantly. God healed my feet. It was one, I felt the heat, you know, that people talk about when they lay hands on you. I felt the heat run through my body, got laid out under the power of the Holy Spirit. I got up and my toes weren't crossed anymore and they didn't hurt. I called my mama right away because, you know, because that's what you do. <laughs> to tell her what God had done and to testify of it. And he is wonderful like that. Um, there are other testimonies that I have in my life where, it was through the process. It didn't happen immediately. And, uh, and God used that thing, and he really did. Um, God healed my mom of breast cancer. And, but she had to go through a kidney transplant and dialysis before that and a mastectomy. But then God healed her of breast cancer. And, uh, and it actually, she was not even able to fight for herself. Have you ever had to fight for someone else? You know, we stand in the gap, and God allows us, like we did with Nacho. You weren't able to fight for yourself during that, you know. But we were praying for you, I, you know. We were calling your name out before, and we weren't the only ones. There were many, many people doing that. And um, <laughs> sorry just to call you out like that. <laughs> Welcome to the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we grow on you. <laughs> We're a lot. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just trying to be real, people. Just read real. Um, 
But, you know, through a crazy, strange course of events, um, my mom, she, um, she had battled um, dialysis and kidney failure, and then and God made a way for us to have a kidney transplant. She was doing really good. It was just two years later, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and you just think, my goodness, you know. And so um, right away, they said because of her immune system that it would spread like wildfire through her body, and so we needed to take immediate action, and so she had a, a mastectomy, and um, and there was cancer in other places in her body. Well, from within 10 days after she had her surgery, she had um, a major wreck. And in that wreck, she was pinned in a car for several hours, and it broke her pelvis. Now, you know, you're like, all right, Lord, what you doing? What you doing, right? And the jaws of life had to cut her out. She was in the bottom side, you know, of the car down in the ditch. And, um, and she had um, a brain injury from that. And so she was not in her right mind. And if you ever hear me talk about my mom, she was a mighty woman of God. She was a warrior of faith. She was, um, I carry her mantle. Um, and, uh, and just that's who she was. She, she fought, you know, and she prayed and she loved and so here she was, not able to fight for herself. They said it was as if she had shaken brain syndrome like a baby had. And so she was completely out of her mind. A woman that had never seen Violet in her life punched my brother. And that was a huge thing. Like I, and she said things to him and, and us that I had never heard come out of her mouth. It was just really, really bad. Um, and so she had broken her pelvis, and she had broken it on the side with her kidney transplant in it and so they could not do surgery on her pelvis where it had broken um, because it would damage the kidney and so um, there was nothing we could do but have her lay there for six weeks she wouldn't lay still because she wasn't in her right mind so she kept trying to get up she'd end up on the floor she ended up in a nursing home and so my brother and I had to stand in faith for her for her healing and uh, it was a really, really tough season of my life. I had small children. I think Sophie was just a few years old then, and Nathaniel was a few years old, um, older than she was. And it was just a really hard season. The woman who had always fought was no, was not able to fight for herself. You know, it's one of those situations where she's in a nursing home. We have to take her in an ambulance to the oncologist so that they could talk to us about starting chemotherapy and that type of thing. We get to the chemotherapy, the oncologist. And he says, well, if she takes chemo, it will destroy the kidney. And she will end up back on dialysis, which they had already told us dialysis would not work for her anymore, which is why it was so serious for us to make sure that she had a kidney transplant. And so we just said, well, we're just going to have to trust God. God's just going to heal her. And that's just what we have to do. She couldn't make any decisions for herself. And we just had to stand in faith that God was going to, to heal her. And so they took her back to the nursing home um, in an ambulance. And um, oh, so many pieces of this. I really pray that this encourages you. It's such a testimony. At the same time, God was just birthing a new ministry in Wade and I at the church that we were attending. And it was an outreach, a benevolence-type ministry. And we were just launching this big piece of it. We were opening it up to the community, and we had taken in all these donations, and we were having what we call a free sale. And my mom's laying in the, um, in the nursing home. She can't be left alone. My brother and I have to be there all day, 
every day because she won't stay in the bed. And when we're not there, she's out of the bed on the floor. That's not helping a broken pelvis. And, um, and so it was a really hard season. And those seasons, you're like, I don't know, what, what should I do? Should I just stop this to do that? And, um, and I really heard God, we have to listen to the voice of the Lord. And he does not shout at us. He doesn't shout at us. He, he speaks in the still, small voice oftentimes. And I just believed in my spirit that he was saying, if you'll do what I've asked you to do, I'll take care of her. If you'll just trust me. You know, and that's true. I, we were praying, but it wasn't on me to do the healing. It was on him to do the healing. It was just me to stand in faith that he was going to take care of her. And so my brother wasn't going to be able to be there with her that day. And like I said, she was out of it. Um, and, uh, and we're there at this cell where we have all these people coming in. We had worked days and days and days to get this thing set up. And, um, and my phone rings, and it's my mom. She hadn't dialed my number in months. She had not dialed my number in months. And her brain, her mind was completely clear. She said, Becky, when are you coming to see me? And she was there. And she was there. Yeah. And not just that, but God healed her of cancer. She never took chemotherapy. She never took chemo. And so, but that was process of walking through all of that and every act of obedience and just standing on who he is. And so healing is ours. It's ours. But sometimes there's a process of that healing. And there are things that he was working in us. Now I can say, I can stand in faith because I've got the testimony. I've walked through that situation. I've walked through when someone wasn't able to fight for their self. I was able to stand in the gap and to pray the prayers that they were not able. We all have different testimonies of things to believe for. And then there are times where we just have to settle in our heart that God's will and healing just doesn't look like we think that it should. It just doesn't. Does he want us healed? He does. And I will not ever step back on that. But, but and not as a scapegoat, not even letting him off the hook, but I have to recognize that his ways are not my ways. And that even if it doesn't happen the way I think it should, he's still good, right? He's still good. I'm not in relationship for, with him for what I can get from him. I'm in relationship with him because he is wonderful. <laughs> he is wonderful. That's why I'm in relationship with him. So, uh, I just need to take a moment. Somebody got something they want to share? Okay. Well, when you were saying, <laughs> when you were saying about <clears throat> healing and it doesn't always look the way we want it to look like, um, every, I think everybody knows that Rich passed away, um, uh, my stepdaughter's husband, and he was so sick and we were all trusting God that he was going to be completely healed because he could not do chemo and there was nothing else that could be done for him. And even in that hard season, we trusted God and he passed away. And we, I mean, that's our daddy. So we talked to God like he's here next to us. And we're like, come on. I mean, I, I know your ways are, are higher than ours, but what happened? You know, we feel like we were 
um, deceived in a way, but that was just the devil trying to make us think that God was not doing what he was supposed to be doing. And he answered every single one of us. What was I supposed to do if my son did not want to come back? So it wasn't our, you know, our will. It was what God thought, what God knew was better for him. And we had to step down and recognize that he did not want to come back to suffer on this earth. You know, and he was fine with his daddy. And he did not know God. And we just have that peace in our heart that he knew God. And maybe if he would have got healed, maybe he wouldn't have followed God. So God showed him who he was. And he says, I want to be with you. And I mean, every single one of us. I mean, there's not one of us in our family that he has not revealed that to in one way or another. Because at some point, you get mad. I mean, what happened? I was waiting for for this person that I love to be here. Not there. I mean, let him be there, you know, later, you know. But that's what God revealed to that. And then in that moment, even though we all had faith, we were like, we're the selfish ones. We're the ones who are doing it wrong. Instead of just asking God for what's best for him. And that's where sometimes we get lost. Anybody else? These are good things. Oh, Jane, you had. Well, when you were talking about your mom, and you know that my mom just died, um, my mom had clarity the day that she fell out of that chair. And that was an answer prayer because she turned 90 and she was a chaplain for 50 years. She served the Lord. And, um, you know, I was, I was always praying. I would go in there and I would touch her and I'd say, you know, Lord, take her home or just completely restore her mind so she can get out of this nursing home so that she can come back to the house that she loved but that wasn't the plan <laughs> but um she died peacefully and she never looked back it's like she was so clear headed to me when she looked at me I have a document I have a picture of her looking at me with clarity saying I am going home and she just got up and fell and fractured her right hip and they won't operate a 90-year-old woman with dementia. And she never opened her eyes back up. But she knew I was there. And me and my brother, Mike, we got to see her die gracefully and in peace. I mean, I never saw a death so peaceful. And her temperature never got cold. Her body was warm. And I wanted to be there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I wanted to be there to say goodbye to her as she was leaving. But it wasn't <laughs> what he had for me. But I'm so thankful she's in heaven because that's where she wanted to go. She wanted to go home. She goes, I want to go home. It wasn't to our earthly home. It was to our heavenly home. Right. But he, God blessed us with her. Well, I was just saying to all my brothers and sisters is that mom had clarity. And she knew exactly what she was doing at that time. And God gave her grace. You know, he, he graced her with that. 
We gave her her heart's desire. She was there for three years. And she got to minister to the nurses there. And she was always full of joy. And when I would come in, I didn't see that in her because of the dementia. But the nurses would come up to me later and say, your mom is a cut-up, man. She was dancing down the hall, and she was singing the other day. And I'm like, I would like to see that. Could you please take a video of that? Because that's the mom I grew up with. My mom was always full of song and joy and love. And they just, they like 10 of them came in the day before she died. They knew she was going. And they just loved on my mom. And uh, God is so good, Beck. And I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. But thank God for our mothers. And just thank God for God being God and merciful. Merciful. Well, it seems bad to leave the end of the story out, so I'll just wrap it up really quickly. But uh, my mom lived uh, for a couple more years after that, and then um, she was a woman of faith, and and it was a beautiful transition from here to heaven. And um, she uh, she lived with my brother because she they were both sick, and the last seven years of my mom's life was a lot of trial, health trials. And Jesus is so good. He is so good. And I would not call her back for anything in the world. But she woke up. She was talking to my brother in the middle of the night. And people that are close to me, I'm sorry y'all have to hear this story again. But I can't leave you hanging because I got to tell you about how good God is. And, uh, um, and she told my brother that Jesus needs me. She said, Jesus needs me and he's calling me home. And when you've been around somebody that has been close to death a lot, they talk about death really casually because they've thought about it and they've had conversations with God about it. And so there were, I had, we had kind of gotten to the point where like, mom, do we have to talk about you dying today? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> and just honestly, like 14 hours before that, I was peeling potatoes with her at the kitchen table. You know what I'm saying? And, and they were cooking dinner and I just believe that God is that good. And he says, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. And that's exactly what happened that night. He didn't think she was going right then because she talked about death a lot. But she was. She meant Jesus needs me now. Did he really need her? I don't know. Apparently there was something that she, he needed her for there that we didn't need her here. And, uh, and that's a beautiful story. I would not change that for her, for anything, for anything. And, uh, and so, and she did. By morning, she was gone. Um, and, uh, you know, but I think that's beautiful. What, I pray that it's like that. He comes to me and says, hey, hey, girl, won't you just come on with me? I'll be like, okay. <laughs> There's lots that we have to do here, and God wants us to live in healing and wholeness. He does. He doesn't want us to be stifled by these bodies, by this mind. He doesn't want us to be bound by sickness and illness that keeps us from accomplishing the will of God in our life. Will he have us walk through trials and situations and circumstances and health issues and health scares? I believe he will allow those things to happen. But I think more than ever, especially even after just thinking about that refining process that we go 
through, Ken, that there are just some things we got to walk through. And this walk of faith teaches us, and it grows us. And, uh, and can he do miraculous healing right now? Absolutely, and I love it when he does. And I've experienced it in myself. I've seen it in other people. And I want it every time. I want it every time. Every time. And it can, ha- and it can happen, and we can have it. But, but you walking out the process of healing on your arms, Bev, doesn't change the miracle in the healing of it to me. Had it happened in an instant or that it happened over a course of time. Now, why he chose to do it that way, I don't know. Jesus didn't have to necessarily do it that way. But some of his disciples didn't see quite the reaction that he saw. But he said greater things will we do than he did. Hello? So we can walk in that too, expecting and believing every single time. But it's not going to change my belief if it isn't the way that I think that it should be. Doesn't change the truth. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.